It's Friday, February the 9th, and this is How to Restart a Church, a spin-off show where I, Pastor Trey Comstock, and my dear colleague, uh, Pastor Emily Larson, talk about how to make church happen, or how to make church happen again. This time, we are looking at uh, something a little adjacent to our normal topic of discussion but it is something that made that had a like made me really think about the nature of modern church so we watched um it is called the bubble um it is a film uh by uh valerie uh blankenbull uh a austrian filmmaker and it is about the villages retirement community in uh, just north of Orlando, Florida. Uh, this is not the only uh, documentary that's been out about the villages. There's also a documentary called Some Kind of Heaven um, that like premiered at Sundance and I think made a bigger splash. But the, the one we watched this week um, was called uh, The Bubble. And on the surface, it is, uh, what The Villages is, is it is just like tens of thousands of acres dedicated to kind of a a retirement paradise where everyone is like living their best life after 65 and constantly involved in activities and it is essentially only retirees that live there and so they find just like the new joy in life by moving to warmer weather moving to a place where everyone can drive around in a golf cart and where whatever kind of activity that you would want to get involved in you do and so they're all just like having like the uh filmmaker compares the experience of uh living in the villages like it's like being on a college campus in your 20s but you're doing it in your 60s 70s and 80s Right. There was there was a lot of golf, a lot of margaritas, a lot of, you know, just extracurricular things specifically for that age demographic. Um, it was belly really dancing, um, right. um, acrobatic swimming. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, golf um, uh, and an NRA gun club. Right. A lot of very interesting hobbies. It's like, what if you had nothing but disposable income left because you were retired um, and you got to do whatever you wanted to do and this is the community that they have formed. And you basically live for, like, one of the ladies is like, you know, I'm just so, you know, they, you know, it'll, it's just like being here adds 10 years to your life because you get to for their version of it, you get to live your best life. And like some of the reaction, this is not the first, I've watched both some kind of heaven and this, and I'll admit that like part of what pulled me in is just the like, as a millennial in his, we're going to go with mid to late thirties. Trey, <laughs> late late 30s. 30s. I know, I know. I'm doing a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a lot of it's super cringy, right? Like it's super just like, um, you know, it is, it is 
okay, boomer, the settlement. L- quite, quite literally, it is okay, boomer, the settlement. It is a set. It is the like. Um, you know, if we want to get a, you know some Platonism involved, right? Then in Platonism, always out there, there is the ideal form of something, right? That you might have a chair, and it interacts with chairness, but it itself is not chairness. It is merely a subset of chairness. This is like the Platonic ideal. This is boomerness. All other boomerness interacts with this, but this itself is the Platonic it's, ideal of boomerness. It's boomertopia. It is yes, really yes, very much absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is the boom. Is they, have, they have set out and deliberately built ret- really retiree topia. Not everyone in this. They, right. the, the documentary maker, um, uh, Valerie Blankenbull, uh, throws around the tone boomer. A lot of these people don't actually qualify as boomers. They're the generation before boomer. But it's like boomers mm-hmm. and older. Um, reti- it yes. is retiree topia. Uh, it is. Yes. And, and so. Yeah, again, like but even even that language doesn't exist there because they're not right. older. They're not seen. They don't use the language of senior or older. They bring this up in that in that documentary because they're um, that is the normal. Right. They're yeah. Not so they're older. so yeah. The, 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 what, what Valerie <laughs> Blankable talked about is that is, is filmmakers like they didn't even know how to talk to them. And it turns out that what they wanted to be called were adults. And so that meant the filmmakers who were like, you're my age, were the kids. Right. That that right. is, um, and and so like it is again, and 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 uh, uh, some kind of heaven actually takes an even kind of more like um, go to the zoo and watch the animals approach to it um, of you know because there's this in, in some kind of heaven there is this truly terrifying uh, uh, same, uh, uh, scene where everyone in the room has the same name. They're all named Ellen. I think it's Ellen. I don't remember, but some very, you know, very common name from that era. And they all go, Ellen is our name. And it's just like, you want to scream, right? <laughs> I am not actually, or we are not actually here to simply lean into how cringy it is that Ellen is their name. Because one of the themes that comes out um, and that the, the filmmaker is deliberately trying to bring out in this is why the villages exist. And some of it is just they have disposable income and they might as well spend it there. But some right. of it is that one of the motivations that a lot of the protagonists talk about is they can feel like age doesn't matter. That in broader society, they feel like the old people. In the documentary, it was like, you know, when you're in the villages, we're all the same age, and so it doesn't feel like age matters. But as soon as you leave the villages, you look, you, everyone's, all the, everyone's younger, and you feel like an old person. And so what the villages gives them an opportunity to not feel irrelevant or rather to feel relevant to feel that you know as a sense that as older people in an ageist society that the world has moved on from them but they still want to live their life and not feel like some depressing irrelevancy and so they come to the villages and they get that yes so what they've done is created this this found shared community um, and are living in it. And it, and it's a way for them to not just cope, but to, to thrive in 
this sort of society. Um, especially, they mention in the documentary, um, those that have come from jobs where they have been the boss. They have always had uh, mentees, where they have been mentoring people and teaching people, and they have been in charge of things and running things, and and then they retire. And then uh, yeah. what do you do? And then what do you do? And, right. you know, and, and, and the documentary also rightly points out, like, the thing that kills you is sitting in your chair, right? The thing that's, yes. you know, the thing that kills you faster is holding still and not having something that gives your life meaning, even if meaning in the villages largely boils down to uh, what if you were, what if you got to live at summer camp? Right. What if it right. and you're having me in Florida <laughs> where it's summer more often than anything. And so what if you got to live at a summer camp perfectly tuned for what you desire? Right. Even right. the ambulances, when they enter the villages, turn off their sirens so that, mm -hmm. look, the, the reality is a lot of people in the villages die every day, but right. you don't hear it. Or fall and break hips or whatever right, yeah, yeah. the case may be. I know as I started watching this documentary, I looked over at my husband. And I was like, man, doctors there are got to be making a killing on like yeah. cataract surgeries and joint replacements. And, and plastic like, surgery. Right. There is a niche market for this <laughs> here that people are. And for even the, the pastor that is, you know, speaking at the beginning of the documentary is speaking specifically to this community, I mean, that man knows his audience is retirees of of people who have come from, you know, jobs and lives elsewhere that no longer exist for them, um, that they have chosen this life instead to live in the villages. Um, so it was, it was an interesting watch for sure. And and that it starts to get at why are we so why are we talking about this? Right. Like it is. So it's a couple of things. One is the villages, it, to me, feels like a blown up version of the church sometimes, of mm -hmm. particularly the, the, the mainline churches that I have come up in, right? We, as young clergy, um, as folks who are often trying to do different things, run up against not just a, this is how we've always done it, but this is what is relevant to us as you know, largely a group of older folks. And, and the church has been really good at, or better at catering to that group. It's run by that group. The, a lot of the pastors come from that age group. And so it starts mm -hmm. to feel like... Um, it starts to feel like the villages in a way, but also like the villages taking it to the extreme starts to explain like why it is that way, right? That um, part of what is hard about intergenerational work in the church is the ageism of broader society. And so when you find that niche where you do feel relevant and you feel like someone does care about your needs and there are other people around you that do have that interest, you don't, that, that's not a bad thing. And you don't right. really want to let that go. And when it looks like that is being destroyed, then you're just in, in your church home or being subjected to the ageism of the rest of society. And it becomes just another point where you feel, you know, chucked out because you're older. 
Right. Well, and this is, it, it really does feel like that is what churches are becoming or have become. You have probably seen a church, know of a church, have been a part of a church or visited a church um, that was largely, you know, 40 boomer generation or older in a room um, running things as they always have or doing things like they always have, very resistant to change because for that group, for that microcosm of people, that is what the church needs to be or needed to be. Well, and, day. and frankly, should be in, right. in a real way, right? Like I, the, what, what this thing about the villages does, it just gives you the like, takes it to the nth degree. Obviously, we're not, you right. know, uh, although if you want to be like uh, the gemstones, you eventually do need to start thinking about opening up, if not a retirement community, then at least vacation homes. Um, but that's right. a whole different, uh, I'm not going to make you watch that season. One season was enough. Um, but in taking it to the nth degree, it draws out the motivation that the developers understand. And that motivation is something that like, you know, at least for me as someone, you know, always seeking to, always seeking to change church, um, finds convicting that it is mm -hmm. this, you know, as a person who spends most of my career with the other version of ageism, which is that you're the pastor. Yes. Right. I'm 30-something, have four college degrees and two children. Yes, yes. I'm the pastor. I I've had that, it, it was arrived in a meeting um, a week and a half ago that was like, oh, it was, it was, it, I got the usual, the usual ageist questions. Um, I said, I'm a pastor. I got, oh, are you like the youth pastor? No, I'm the senior pastor. Oh, right. don't let the baby face fool you. And I'm like, thank you for saying the quiet part out loud. Right? So, yeah. So I'm, I've spent a lot of, you know, um, I, you know, if I am guilty of subjecting folks to the broader ageism of society, it does in some ways come from the harm that has been done me um, in <laughs> on the other end. On the the other end. I mean, I have been yeah. told um, this is, I understand this is like a crime in other places and I will not name who said it, but I have been told that there are jobs that I did not get because the church wouldn't handle, not because of my qualifications, not anything, you know, um, but simply because um, they couldn't handle a younger pastor wanting to change things. There are jobs yeah. I I thought I would be good for, was up for, that I didn't get, not from anything to do with my ability, but simply because of my age. Um, yep. And again, that's like a, a that's like a crime. <laughs> Other places it's in religious institutions, none of those employment laws apply, um, right. and so it's not a crime. Um, but it is like it, the, the what this documentary about about. The, the villages gets, I want to keep wanting to call it the acres. That's because it's the ageism. Um, about the villages yeah. is the like pulls in how the, the, the innate ageism of society, but also the way it cuts two ways in the church. Yes. And, and going back to our show earlier in the week where we talked about Paul was being, you know, deliberately all things for all people. Um, obviously this is a people that we should be for, um, and that the church has largely catered to, I would say, over the past, you know, 
several decades at least. Um, as Because so many times on this show we talk about, again, the other extreme about including younger generations or including, um, you know, whatever part of society, pick your poison, um, that is being excluded. Um, but looking at a very different viewpoint, you know, kind of flipping the script and looking at are we for these people and for these people and how do we get the overlap, right? It's it's how do we do the intergenerational ministry part of our job, which is difficult for everybody. Well, and also it's difficult because, and again, as, again, as full on display, how different the lived experience of those generations are. And yeah. so that it, this draw, why, you know, it was interesting. So when the filmmaker was being interviewed, she's like, hey, you know, how did your parents react to it? And she was like, you know, it was very emotional for them. And when, when, and when the participants watch it and when older people watch it, it's very emotional for them because it, it's very real for them. And I'm like, this is the cringiest stuff I've ever seen. And that only draws out the difference. Right. Right. That, and, you know, I, as a, you know, a millennial trying to make my way in a, in a mainline denomination, I, I think I am particularly sensitive to just be like, oh, come on. Um, because it, it, it's been, again, just so much of my, so much of my life um, has been like trying to navigate, fail to navigate or give up on navigating that. I mean, I had the, you know, the, the, the never-ending internal debate over, like, my having of a tattoo or my having of a dumb haircut. And at some point, I made the bold decision to no longer care. But I probably would have gotten a tattoo earlier or an even dumber haircut sooner um, if I didn't have in the back of my head, oh, I guess I need to be socially acceptable to a generation right. that has wildly different norms than I do. Right. And, but it's it's to multiple generations, though. That's yeah. the gap yeah. that you have to split as clergy is you do have to figure out how to live within society with our, you know, retirees and older and with our, you know, and still be relevant to, you know, kids today, <laughs> to, to say that. Well, and so maybe, maybe what I, maybe what I see in all this, or maybe what we should take all of this is... How do we how do we make community so good that you don't feel like you need to go off into your corner all of the time? Right? right? Like one of the kind of implied critiques and you know, the questions that get asked is to these folks at the village is like, hey, do you miss your family? And a lot of them are like, No. Not right? really. And like that's A, I hope not what my parents actually think. So, you know, I see them a couple of times a week and actually one of the reasons I moved back to Houston was to spend more time with them. So I hope that was a good idea. Um, I suspect it was. I, I know my parents. That's not the point. Um, but we we have this tendency, right? I, I In the piece, the essay that opened um, our first episode, the, the scripture episode, the goodness of God episode of this week, I talk about this like church that I found that like felt like a church home. And the truth is, is what I just found is my own version of the villages, right? Like why does Eastside... UMC, it's a great church. If you happen to be in Atlanta and listen to the show, check it out. It's amazing. Um, but it's because we find I finally had a religious community tailor-made for people in their 20s and 30s. And I was, you know, whatever, I was 24 
23, 24 years old and looking for a church home. And, you know, the pastor was only, you know, Tim Lloyd was the pastor then was a couple of years, a couple of years older than me. I'm the same age as his younger brother, who, by the way, was the pianist. Um, and one of the, on the worship team, you know, everyone was, you know, it was kind of built out of this core of Candler seminary students. And so, you know, and, and there were some people older than us, but they were like in their thirties and we looked at them and like, God, they're so old and they've got it like together. And there's people who are my age now. Right. Yep. Um, and what, and, and like, it was amazing. Um, and this like profound religious experience, but it is still the religious version of the acre of the villages, right? Like, it's just like, right. It's just finding where you fit. It's just finding where I fit. And, mm-hmm. and, and so maybe on some level that is part of the answer, but mm-hmm. it feels like to me, the cop-out answer that we just have, you know, this never ending churn of churches that, you know, as the church and, and, and I've heard this pitch made at me, um, by people forever, right? That like, and this, you know, when we did the, like the article um, about, you know, you're not going to change them, just start your own thing, right? Like don't try to change it, right? right? Like this always, it seems like the cop-out answer to say, well, we'll have the villages for boomers and the villages for millennials and the Xers. We're just going to forget about them because you always forget about the Xers. Um, And then the digital church for the Gen Z's and never the twain shall meet. Um, But they're all meeting Jesus. And that is unanswer and certainly unanswer. I have been, you know, uh, end of the pool I have played in too, but that really feels like a cop out. That really doesn't feel like what we're meant to be. Right. If we're truly meant to be worshiping communities of every generation that looks more like what, you know, the body of Christ should be, then it, it, I feel like it should be intergenerational. It's hard. You know, this might be one of those shows where we have more questions than answers for people that might be that, that tends to be the case though, but at least maybe we're thinking critically about what does it mean to be an intergenerational church with truly intergenerational ministry. That doesn't mean, you know, we have a good Gen Z ministry and we have a good, you know, boomer ministry and we have a good Gen X ministry. Although I don't even know what that would look like. It was family Um, life centers. The answer is we built family life centers. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. True. 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 Um, So maybe that, uh, you know, isn't the answer (laughs) having these different siloed ministries. Like how do we actually truly do ministry well, some of it is, I think it is in the same way that like, it's really hard to do in different ways, but it's, it, it's playing in, in similar difficulties of to do interracial uh, ministry right. or do multicultural ministry. Right. I, I, I can testify to uh, the difficulty of, you know, this is the second multicultural church I've been blessed uh, to be a pastor at. Um, and mm-hmm. there is a lot of work and thinking um, that goes into how do we do this, that when, you know, I, I, I'm running a church that is, you know, exclusively Anglo that I don't have to think about. It starts with language, right? Just like, mm-hmm. you know, it is work to have, always make sure we have a translator or I have to, right. you know, because I am way better writing in English and Yenny's way better writing in Spanish. Like there's a literal translation layer. And so we've got to work at overcoming right. that. And so mm-hmm. I think any time we are trying to do the merging of groups that often 
get segregated out, whether it is skin color, ethnicity, or age, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And that is why it takes God to do it. Yes. <laughs> right? Um, but, I don't, you know, I, I think the convicting piece about the villages was a, I should stop cringing. That that's on me. It's it's my own tra- as I've said earlier. It's my own trauma. I've been through some things, friends. Um, but also to recognize that the villages are needed, mm-hmm. right? Whether the literal are like the you know that yeah. because older people so often get treated as irrelevant when they find a place where they feel relevant, it's incredibly life-giving. Right. And so the problem so, isn't that they find uh, the, the place that's relevant, it's life-giving. The challenge is how do we make an intergenerational space be a right. place of life-giving and not a place of ageism? How do we become that yeah. for people as the church? And so, you know, I, I think in our own, you know, our, our own small way, we're trying um, and, you know, and as we think of, you know, we're, we're thinking about like, you know, how do we, um, how do we do more? How do we reach more of our neighbors, but how do we reach more of our neighbors, um, without letting go of, you know, the 70, 80 and 90 year old folks that, you know, do find life here. I think that's part of yeah. it, but um, again, this is this is definitely one of those shows where there are not firm answers. You should we're gonna we're gonna post a link um, to the documentary. I recommend watching it. Um, it is yeah. really interesting. Gets into a lot of things about the villages. Um, but I, I, what it what it sparked for, what sparked in me was this like, huh, yeah, um, I want to laugh at this, but the case it's actually making is, man, they need this, right. and how do we rebuild church? without letting go of this like, oh, right, I'm so used to you being ageist to me that I forget that in your broader lives, you get, like, I get it here, and I just happen to live in church. Like, my problem is I live in church, and so I live in I live in that. But outside of this little little weird world that we live in, actually, it's absolutely miserable because um, they're watching a, a world think of them as, as, as irrelevant. Um, right. And when they find that space that gives them life, holy cow. Um, you know, what, what the filmmaker, I'll end with this, what the filmmaker kept saying is, I mean, we're critical, but the, the residents, the protagonists really wanted us to know that they're having a great time, that they yeah. love it, that they, you know, and, and, um, and I think she does a great job of, of capturing that, of that love. Of explaining that, yeah. They really Absolutely. do love it. And so... How do the challenge then for us as church to me is to not let go that they really love it, but make this do the hard work of, and yeah, I don't have answers. All I have are questions and conviction. Um, yeah. Convicted um, is to do that harder work of make it intergenerational. Anyways, if you have stories of, of that happening well, and certainly they are out there, um, I have seen them, I've been a part of them um occasionally um email us the goodness of god pod at gmail.com the goodness of god pod at gmail.com uh if you want more of us um uh the best place really is youtube.com slash reference now 
Um, that is where just about everything other than the worship music that we do goes. Um, if you want the full worship services, you can go to facebook.com slash servants now, as well as all the other stuff, the podcasts and videos, all that goes up there. Um, uh, if you want in uh, worship in Spanish, uh, facebook.com slash servicio de Cristo. Um, also, we have Instagram. Uh, we have uh, TikTok at servants now. Everything we do in here in the Media Lab is made possible by a generous uh, grant, an innovator's grant by the Texas Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. If you want to support us, we could use your help. The best things you can do, like, comment, subscribe, and leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcast. All of that stuff actually helps. Also, go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>